0: You're listening to Local Government Insights, a podcast for state and local governments. If you're looking to optimize operations, improve services for your constituents, and maximize revenue without raising taxes, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show.
1: Responsible ...for managing the long-term storage and preservation of official records and ensuring the public has access to them across the county. Monroe County was established back in 1821 and Over the course of time, the amount of paper that was accumulating from this span of more than 100 years was exponential. Obviously leading the county to eventually embark on a paperless initiative of some sort. So today we're gonna discuss what drove the county at this point in time when they started this process to venture towards this initiative and really dive into the steps they were taking to achieve it. So Kelly, I'd like to just jump right in here. First, Mm -hmm. I think it'd be helpful just to understand the amount of paper that was growing into this issue that we're talking about from Monroe County. And could you describe the situation of how records were being stored at the time?
0: Well, um, you know, in some of the offices, there are boxes in hallways. There are boxes, uh, the prothonotary's office, there are boxes on the floor, uh, just all around the desks. Um, there's an old jail that's kind of a cool old building, but it is full to the brim of boxes of papers. Um, there's a storage unit and um, yeah, these are most of these are, are in unstable environments. And yeah. uh, so it's with no humidity control, no temperature control. Some of the lighting doesn't work. It's kind of a, a bad issue. And uh, you know, something needed to be done. People were tripping. We actually had somebody break a bone. Um, they're also packed to the brim in the courthouse. There's something called movable shelving. It's inside the walls. And so there's an opening in the wall and you, where you can access the files and you press a button and it revolves inside the wall. And there's a lot of concern about the weight because that is also filled apps. It's packed. And there's a lot of concern about the weight.
1: Got it. And I can imagine over that Long a span of years, I mean, the paper must be busting out of the seams. And like you mentioned, multitude of different areas within the county and the county offices. So when you decided to kind of move forward with this, what we're calling paperless initiative, which I think is super impactful, what were some of the most important factors that you considered early on in not only determining what process to take, but also selecting a vendor to help you with this and like what other, what should other counties think about as they're evaluating their digital transformation? We'll call it.
0: Well, one thing that was really important was we wanted a vendor who could do the job on site. Um, Some of them offered to do it remotely. I believe Avenue did as well, but we wanted some control over the paper flow. Uh, Some of the papers like the prothonotary still needs to access some of the paper that's being scanned right now. Yeah. Um, so we just thought it would be easier and make us feel more comfortable if the scanning people were on site. It facilitates communication. We can see faces. It's it just made me more comfortable. Um, yeah. I want to consult my notes here. Yeah. We needed some of these documents, especially the ones that are have been stored in not uh, unstable environments for so long they are getting a little bit hard to read. Some of them are brittle. Uh, the the handwriting is fading, the ink, whatever it was written with. Um, so we needed the documents to be readable. We needed a, a vendor who could do indexing. Yeah. Um, we needed a, we wanted a vendor who could scan books bound books without having to tear them apart important document oh quality control was a huge issue Avenue promised us 100 quality control which was very important um the experience of the vendor with doing these kind of projects and then price some for some people that that's the first priority for me it was not
1: (laughs) understood understood and if we could shift just a bit and just talk about the actual process as this began this project began and it kicked off like how did you and the team in general decide which records to begin scanning i know we mentioned and we talked in our pre-show you had the overflow areas like you mentioned before and you guys were paying for storage and you mentioned in parallel to this you know there was a courthouse renovation project going on as you mentioned there's lots of records in the courthouse and how you evaluated what types of stored documents by department and where to begin like can we talk about like that process and how you evaluated where to begin how to begin and then how to start chipping away at this in different phases
0: well we have a business analyst who has been going around to the different departments to um examine their processes examine how they could be more inf- efficient and what they could eliminate as far as paper And so he helped identify departments that were in dire need. You know the the priority of the departments, and one of the the other prioritizing factor was uh, courthouse. We have a courthouse renovation going on, so there have already been offices moving. Some of them will be moving back. There's just going to be a lot of movement between buildings in the next few years while this uh, uh, annex is being built. So, uh, and so that allowed us to decide, you know, Wow, well, and also the DA, or excuse me, the detectives, they're um, paying rent for that uh, storage unit. And that was a factor. Um, so yeah, just, uh, but I would say mostly the courthouse renovation is the biggest issue.
1: And that actually brings to mind one point I'd like to touch on is the record retention schedule. And did you have to consider like specific state records, retention rules in this process? And like, if so, like what are they in Pennsylvania and how may that, you know, relate to some others that may be listening to the show?
0: Well, Pennsylvania does allow for entities to destroy physical records as long as they meet um, uh, certain requirements. so we had to prove that we had a preservation copy and a use copy. Um, there had has to be redundancy. There has to be a live environment. There has there are just specific um, areas that the the IT had to address in order for us to say yes, we are going to be able to take care of the electronic re- permanent records, so we can destroy the physical ones. Because otherwise. What's the point we would still have to figure out what to do with all this right. paper right. um so yes that was a big consideration and we were making sure we are making sure that we're meeting those requirements
1: got it and to come back just a little bit to the the process a little bit i want to dive a little deeper there uh yeah. in terms of the internal processes like as the decisions were being made like for other county officials considering digitizing their records for the first time potentially, or they're in process or in flight of doing this themselves. Um, for those that are just beginning, where do they begin from your perspective and based on your experience? Like what internal processes did you take? It, was there an inventory that was taken up front? And did you make space for in-house scanning like the avenue or vendor come on site and you guys set aside specific space for them to do the work? What did that whole process look like can you paint that picture for us
0: um when avenue came in to initially um look into the when they were before we had decided and they were doing their estimates and everything so we did this with all of the vendors um we went around to the different departments and they showed everybody they showed us all the whole team this is what we have this is what we have to scan this is where all our documents are and this is the quantity that we're estimating that we have so we did that we also made sure once we knew that we had avenue we were going to go with avenue and that we're going to be on site we chose a room to to do the first phase of the project there's a chance that this is They're going to have to move around to different buildings and different rooms. We're not sure yet, but for the Mm -hmm. first phase of the project, they are in this one room. We made sure they had enough space. We made sure that they had the the Wi-Fi, the networking that they needed. Um, We also considered a few different workflows as far as the county was concerned. You know, the scanning people had their own workflow as far as as what they were doing, but Mm -hmm we had to figure out how to get the materials to them and then put away whatever they had already scanned. So we tried a couple of different workflows and, you know, now we're doing, it's me. <laughs> it's, I am the, the person who is making that happen. Um, and then we also had to decide how often we were gonna meet. And at first it was, every week. And now it's every other week or as needed as because there have been some other projects that have come up in the meantime. Um, and we also had to discuss naming conventions and um, uh, discussing, unfortunately, it would be so nice if every single office used the same pop platform to scan sure. and access documents, but they don't. So for each time we have to discuss how to uh, import the data from avenue to whatever platform they're using
1: got it and on on top of i planned project of this magnitude obviously you do go into it with a plan and there's a project plan but there's a lot going on sometimes you have to pivot from where you intended to go from the beginning and sometimes we kind of shift our decision making or shift different processes I think it's important to talk about were were there any types of ad hoc requests or changes that needed to happen midstream that would be important for others as they're venturing into this world of digital transformation? Like they can be aware of that maybe you saw or the team saw as they're going through that maybe this is the better way of doing or maybe we need to change how we're going about things. Were there any ad hoc requests that came up that kind of required reprioritization of some sort throughout the project?
0: well um before we even started with prothonotary we did go to decide to go with prothonotary files first um before we even did that there was an issue with a case an ongoing court case and i believe the lawyers and the the stakeholders in that case were having trouble communicating uh, with the files they were having trouble sharing files and communicating so avenue uh completed that project first and i I can't remember how many boxes there were but before anything even started they had to do that first yeah then um the coroner's office just moved from the administration building where the the scanning team currently is to a different building and they used to transfer boxes to the archives Mm -hmm. and i ran out of space i said i have nowhere can't put these boxes anywhere there's just nowhere And they didn't have any place in their new office, so then we had to figure out, we decided to just interrupt everything and do all of the coroner's files that we have from 1836 to 2019 so far. And so we interrupted everything and we did that. And now the prothonotary's office is moving, so we weren't planning to do anything from their office for a while. But now and I'm not sure when this is going to happen, but it has to happen before February, we need to do the books, docket books, and, you know, all those kind, map books, things like that, that are in their office.
1: Awesome. So, let's talk about success just for a minute, and what kind of results look like, and what kind of, as you've gone through this process, or you're continuing it, obviously, but as you've gone through it, like, once the records are digitized and indexed and available digitally, what what will the process look like for accessing those, or where will those be stored, and how how do we how do we evaluate like success from a project of this magnitude?
0: Oh, it'll be so much easier right now. And I'm most I used to work in the prothonotary's office. I worked there for a couple of months, so I'm most familiar with their uh, yep. situation. They are currently in the courthouse, and if a judge or somebody requests a record. They either have to go to the old jail, which is a different building, or to the administration building, which is also a different building. So they have to go to a whole different building, retrieve the record, go back to the courthouse, give it to them. And then once they get the record back, they have to give it, you know, they have to take it back to wherever they got it from. So now it'll just be a click of a couple buttons, uh, you know, at their, nobody has to leave their desk. They, it'll just be there. They can just print off whatever copies they want if they have to, or they can just email whatever copies, you know, whatever pages they need. It's going to save a lot of time and hopefully money, I would think.
1: Sure. Yeah. So amazing. So amazing. Um, I have in my notes here, we were talking about indexing in the pre-show, uh, interview and talked about a minute ago, like lessons learned or ad hoc requests or changes in process. Like, what are any lessons learned that you have that you mentioned to me early on about indexing and naming conventions? And what would you recommend others consider as they're going through developing some sort of sequence by which they index records?
0: Um, so you have to think about the current physical um, organization of the records, the physical records, and how they're organized. And again, I'm going to go with the prothonotary as an example. They are organized by case number. Um, but then you also have to think about how future. Public or sure. judges or whoever want to look for the Excellent. case and people don't always know the case number. So we decided to get sometimes they just know the plaintiff. Sometimes they just know the defendant, whatever. So we decided to go with case number plaintiff name defendant name and so it's very important to think about the phys- the current physical organization and how people are, might think in the future what information they have in order to be able to retrieve these documents
1: like a combination of how it is today and how you view it being accessed in the future and right you, provide, you know come up with a collaborative or a combination of those two which creates you know a a record of where it is today which accurately stores it and then how it's going to be accessed in the future is important as you're developing an indexing strategy
0: yeah yes
1: that's great so kelly i like to just kind of wrap up by talking about for other local governments and i mentioned this throughout the conversation today i think it's super important because we have lots of listeners um, from all walks of life all different types of jurisdiction sizes across the country and for other local governments either contemplating starting a type of initiative that you've already, you know, come so far in or they're in process. What other words of wisdom or advice that you would have for other archivists or county recorders or clerks that as they're going through this process themselves in this journey of bringing things into a digital digital world, what would you what would you lend to them?
0: Well, think about projects that you have ahead such as with us with the courthouse renovation project that was a huge factor. And deciding to do this, um, don't just think about the money. <laughs> uh, when you're going, when you're um, when you're having vendors come in and meeting with them, get references and really observe how those vendors evaluate the project. I was really impressed with Ann Kirkbride and how the questions that she asked, the information that she gathered. she was so detail-oriented and was a great representative for her company. And uh, so, yeah, that's, I would say do all that and also be flexible. Like we had to do with these other projects coming in that we weren't prepared for and we didn't know were gonna happen. You know, this is a five-year project and it's probably going to happen again. And so you kind of have to be ready for anything and be flexible.
1: Excellent. Past performance is important and flexibility is key. Yes. I like that. as good takeaways. That's awesome. Well, Kelly, I won't take too much more of your time. Thank you so much for doing this. Honestly, thank you for telling your story. I think it's super impactful. And congratulations on the success and future success as you continue to move through this journey of digital transformation. Um, we appreciate you sharing your insight. And thank, for, thank you for our, our audience for listening to the Local Government Insights podcast. If you haven't done so, please make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. We look forward to having you join us next time. Thanks so much, Kelly.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to Local Government Insights, modernizing government leadership. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.